All around us are people who've struggled and succeeded. Now they're changing their lives and the world around them in their own unique ways. Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies bring you these stories and more from the people who make things happen. This is Success Insight. Hello, everybody. This is Howard Fox from the Success Insight podcast for my collaboration partner, Randy Ford. We are so happy to have you join us today for another podcast episode. And I am very excited to introduce you today to speaker, author, and entrepreneur, Jeff Tippett. Jeff, welcome to the Success Insight podcast. Howard, great to see you. Thanks for inviting me to uh, share with you today. I look forward to having a robust conversation. I, I love it. I, I have to say, I love that energy. So that's going to, you're, you're going to be actually, you know, increasing my energy up, uh, <laughs> uh, quotient as well. But uh, I, we're going to get, I'm going to get through it. I know you are. <laughs> Jeff, you know, I'm really excited when I was reading your bio and your background, I was thinking, man, this is, this guy does some interesting work. So for our audience, if you could just share a little bit about who Jeff Tippett is and the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm a dad. I have three wonderful kids that I love and adore. So I'll start with that one. Um, I own a public affairs and communications firm. So for us, what that looks like is we work with the elected officials, the lobbyists, the media, and the general public to move policy prescriptions forward for our clients. And I spend about 10 to 15% of my time with that company. Um, but then I spend the rest of my time speaking, um, doing the work surrounding speaking and being on stage and traveling the globe. Excellent. You know, I, we probably should have had my uh, partner, Randy Ford, on because he's a, 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 a former uh, communications director in a, for a, a congressman in Tennessee, and he was the chief of staff. And you guys, I think, would have hit it off pretty well there from the political side mm -hmm. of the House. So from the politics aside to the, to the being on stage, you know, do you have a passion of – obviously, being dad, that's got to be the number one passion. I'm glad you – stated that was number one as far as the your profession is concerned do you have a preference one versus the other is it what really kind of gets your blood pumping well i work very much in the same vein whether i'm on client work doing strategy or on the stage and you know with me my work is around this space my master's degree is in english and i come from a communications background i've been in pr marketing and advertising pretty much my entire life. Um, and one of the things that I began to see in the field is oftentimes what we think our job is, is just to get information out to people. So that could be information to voters. It could be around a product, a service, or what, whatever, getting information out there. But I began to look at that and say, that's really not enough. Like that's step one. Sure, we have to get information out there. That's the first part of this. But it's not just getting information out there. How do we persuade our people the people that we're communicating to, to take the steps that we want them to take, which began this journey that for me, a big part of like my aha moment came through adopting a baby from the country of Haiti during a time when it collapsed, but doing more than just communicating, more than just getting information out there, how do we get people to respond in the way that we would like for them to respond? When we listen to media today, or whether it's radio, internet, television i hear people just talking and talking and talking it doesn't seem like there's listening and and i actually question how much persuasion is actually going on how do you change that dynamic so that 
people are listening and the persuasion is taking hold. What are, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, great question. And for me, uh, a big part of, of persuasion is what you've just articulated, is starting by listening. Um, and oftentimes when people say, hey, Jeff, what do you do for a living? I'll say something like, I speak professionally. And they'll say, oh, what do you speak about? Right? And I'll say, I speak on persuasive communication. And they'll come back and say, oh, you teach people how to manipulate for a living. And I just kind of laugh at it. It was a great conversation to discuss manipulation and persuasion, and they're both about moving people forward, right? They're about moving the ball, moving the needle, making things happen. But you cannot have persuasion without listening. It begins through listening to the other person. What are the struggles that a client faces that that you're working with? I mean, and I imagine the, from your background on the political side, and also speaking to other organizations, groups, associations from the stage and in their office, what are their biggest struggles that they have moving to communicating authentically, persuading authentically, and not coming across as manipulative? So well, let's, let's, let's define these. So take a look at this. And we'll dissect them, and then maybe we can move into and answer your question there. So the manipulation and persuasion, they're both about moving people, yes. However, they differ so much in that manipulation is, is about moving um, or, or controlling or to influence a person, but to do it cleverly, to do it unfairly. So what happens in manipulation is we're seeking to move people to a different place, but we're seeking to do that out of our own self-interest and our own benefit. Now, let's contrast that with persuasion. Persuasion means this. It means to call someone to do something, but to do it through reasoning or sound argument. And the word argument here isn't what we do around our tables at Thanksgiving and Christmas when we talk about politics and religion. Argument is the purest sense of the form of this word where we are listening to the gaps, the need, the perspective of the other person. And then over time and through sustained effort, especially after having provided sound reasoning, the other person comes to the same place. And, and I look for two magical words. And when I'm working with a client, or if I'm working with a speaker's bureau or a meeting planner um, looking to hire me, I look for two magical words to know if I'm manipulated or I persuaded. And how are, those two words are, that's right. So here's what I mean by that. When I'm working with a potential client and I've listened to them, I understand where the gaps are, where the problem is, what they need to have solved, and I bring solutions to the table. And they look back at me and they say, Jeff, that's right. Your company can fix this problem. Your company can solve this. I know what they want. They want it just as much as I do. They don't want it because I'm going to get a check out of this. They want it for themselves and the problem that I'm solving for them. And I'm taking it a step further. I actually believe persuasion is leadership. Persuasion is seeing a better future, a better outcome, another way life could be for someone else or for a company or for business, and being able to help them understand that for themselves and bringing them along in that journey. It's really about leadership to me. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the leader has to have vision, and they have to be able to communicate, articulate that vision, and ensure that the the people that you're trying to lead there's i would advocate there's probably some type of consensus that has to be in, involved there i mean you could um as a as another client of mine has said you can fuss fuss and cuss uh and discuss but at the end of the day there's got to be there needs to be a decision going forward and a good leader 
is going to ensure that that effort happens. And so having good conversation, getting to that that's right is such an, a very important part of the leader's role that they're playing. The, the work that you're doing in, in, in the various uh, uh, industries, uh, are they, I imagine they're different in terms of some have different challenges to kind of move to that position of being, of persuading, of coming to a decision, or, or is everybody, is it, does it run the gamut of different kinds of challenges or, or is there a challenge you see pretty regularly when I you're working with a client? I think the number one thing that I see regularly, Howard, is self-promotion and about making this about us. Uh, businesses are excited about themselves. I understand that. Consultants are about them. They're excited about themselves. I understand that. I, I get all of that. But at the end of the day, this is never about us, ever. It's always about the other person. And to your point that you said earlier, exactly right, building consensus, and it has changed a lot in the workplace. And I think millennials have demanded even more change out of us where they really want to understand like their role, their involvement, their personal, what they're taking personally out of this. So 100% agree. But I think that it's the biggest, if there's one single thing that keeps coming up is people talking about themselves and making this about them and not putting, but if we can make that mindset shift and move, when I'm standing on the stage, Howard, I'm thinking about the check that I'm going to get. I'm not thinking about putting that in my bank account. What I'm thinking at that moment is, can I see light bulbs go off? Can I bring a, just a little bit of change into a person's life? And if we change our mindset and make it about them and not us, we all find success. You know, a, a friend of mine was just at uh, Tony Robbins's uh, Unleash the Power Within. Have you ever been to a Tony Robbins event? I have not. I've seen some stuff online, but I've never been. So you've never walked across a, a, a line of hot coals, have you? No. <laughs> uh, so, I, so I think, you know, when you're on the stage and you're looking for the change in those people's lives, I mean, you're getting, you're, I can see you're getting them to the point that they have the confidence to literally go walk down that line of coals or across a, a path of broken glass. I'm, um, I'm curious, in the many clients that you've worked with, is there a success story where, you know, going in after you did your initial discovery session and you figured out what it is they wanted to do, maybe you, maybe you said to yourself, this is going to be a tough one, but, you know, you know we're going to get it done. But is there a success that you've come that you can kind of speak to where, you know, the, this organization did a 180. So one of the one of the funnest campaigns that I had an opportunity to work on um, was for the National Restaurant Association out of Washington, D.C., um, and it was through the State Restaurant Association. Um, and a little background in North Carolina, prior to our work uh, in this particular space, um, you could not buy an alcoholic beverage on Sunday mornings uh, before noon. Um, alcohol sells as old blue laws. The thinking was you should be in church. This is about Jesus. You should not be thinking about alcohol at all until after 12 o'clock. Now, after 12 o'clock, it was free for all. Go buy, go to whatever you want to do, right? But up until 12, 12 o'clock. Um, and we had a situation where I started getting a little traction, and they came to me and said, hey, Jeff, you know, what can we do with this campaign? Um, and it was a huge lift in that North Carolina has a lot of old religious bias, um, you know, not acknowledging that some people go to church on Saturday nights, or some people might go to an early morning church service, but there was this, this bias that was there. Um, and we had a very narrow window to make the change that we needed to make. Um, we called the campaign um, Free the Mimosa, 
And um, what happened with that, so you chuckled, that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted a message that stuck with people that was sticky, that they would get, that they would get it. Um, we didn't have time to do polling. I could not test messaging, nothing. I had a campaign up and running in four days. And we took a state that for, uh, for all of these years had decried any type of alcohol on Sunday mornings, and we, we built the campaign around the user. The reason we call it Free the Mimosa, you couldn't have a mimosa. We want to set it free. We want to give people the ability to get what it is that they wanted. All of our emails, all of our Facebook ads, everything that we did pointed to the users and what it was that they wanted, the pain that they felt. None of us like being told no, but being told no at a line at the grocery store or being told no at a restaurant is no fun and gave them a path. We made, we made this all about them and them getting what it was that they wanted. And surprisingly to our client, um, we were victorious. We made it all through all the committees. We made it through the House, through the Senate, and to the governor's desk to get that signed. But again, it had to be about, it wasn't about my client. It wasn't about what they wanted. It was about the users and these constituents and these voters and what they wanted. Excellent story. And I imagine, you know, maybe perhaps we'll get you on again and hear some, some more of those stories. And, you know, in, in the time we have left, you know, I, I do want to acknowledge you are a two-time best-selling author. And, a, and I know you've just recently released your second book. Can you share, share a little bit with our audience what those books are and especially the, the newest book? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited with the newest book um, because people are finding value and they could pick the book up. It's a quick read. It's an easy read. And what I do in the book is this, Howard. I tell the story of the adoption and I walk through everything that it takes to go from hello to a new person to getting them to say yes. So I walk through messaging. I walk through the connection that you have to make with your audience. And then, and then I walk through how you position and, and how you convince them to take the steps that you want them to take. Um, we, we did land, uh, we're still a bestseller actually, um, 30 days into it, um, but we were uh, in over 10 different categories. Um, but again, the, the value here to the audience is helping people to understand how you to go from hello to have, having them to say yes and giving a systematic approach to that. Now, it's not cookie cutter. We realize we're working with human beings. We have to test. We have to try things just to see what works. But it gives you all the theory behind moving them through to the position of yes. Excellent. And the book is called Unleashing Your Superpower. Why Persuasive Communication is the only force you'll ever need. It's available on Amazon. Excellent. And I want to thank you for helping to uh, feed my my out bookalism by book alcohol book I, you know, i'm an addict i'm an addicted to books you can read some of them um and then your your second book which was published just a couple of years ago was pixels are your new ink are the new are ink, new ink. So the book is around helping people to understand how to use the digital economy to be able to get their brand out there to build their expertise to attract new clients so excellent two great books and hopefully in our audience i'm sure will uh, want to go out there and uh, help keep that keep them in uh, bestseller status. Now, before we uh, bid adieu, I, I am interested in a couple of things. Are there any you know stories or other insights that you'd like to share? You know, from your perspective as as an entrepreneur, a, a speaker, a, uh, you know, an author, a professional in the art of persuasion that you know, something that, that you feel they really need to know before. You know, I often get, especially as an entrepreneur, having started a couple of companies, I, I often get asked a, a similar question to this, like, you know, what's your biggest takeaway? Like, now that you're into this for a period of time, 
you know, looking back, what do you say? I'll tell you, that when I launched out. I was so afraid um, of moving out. I lost my company, um, Targeted Persuasion, uh, on an uh, even number of year, an election year, to do political work in October before November election. That makes zero sense whatsoever as to why I would have done it that way. Time it worked out, I worked out, it worked out. Um, but the first week of putting my shingle out, I signed a half dozen clients, and the first quarter of my company's existence, I signed my first international client, which is this little company out of California called Airbnb. Um, and did a political work wow. and public affairs work uh, for them. Um, but the point here is like, I was so afraid every single day on this journey. Um, and the thing that I would encourage entrepreneurs and people that are launching out is enjoy, enjoy what it is. Be, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And relax in that and enjoy even the uncertainty. I'm not exactly what tomorrow will bring. Look at that with awe and wonderment and amazement instead of fear. And that's one thing that I have learned in this journey is to enjoy every single day. I don't know the outcome. And I feel like as an entrepreneur, I wake up every single day unemployed. Um, so I enjoy that journey and, and the amazement of what could happen the next day. That's excellent. And I, I think, you know, the best part about being an entrepreneur is we get to, we get to wake up, but we make a choice of what we want this day to be like. And I also love the fact which you just shared about the fear, because I think fear is can be good. Because if we don't have fear, then we don't really understand that we have to change, we have to adapt, we have to lean into the fear to make things happen. And that's so very important. A uh, couple of uh, closing items before we leave is I want to make sure our audience knows where to go and find you. How do they get to learn more about Jeff Tippett and the work that, the, that you're doing? Easiest way is through my, my website at jefftippett.com. Um, and it's J-E-F-F-T-I-P-P-E-T-T. -T -T. And I have Google ads out and all kinds of misspellings of my name. So if you get anywhere close, don't worry about it. One of my ads will probably pop up and you can find me that way. That's excellent. Uh, another feature of our podcast at the end is we have a little ditty called insight to go. So if there's a final insight that you would like to leave with our guests, um, you know, it could be a book, an article, maybe a quote, you know, what would you, what would you like to share as your insight to go today? So uh, skipping through all the, the, the details of the, of the adoption and let me just pick up at the very end when I make it through, we land and I'm back in the airport there in Miami um, and I'm holding this one year old, almost one year old little girl thinking my adoption was over and I looked down at her and I started wondering what her life is going to be like. You know, will she be a doctor and heal people? Will she be a humanitarian? and relieve suffering? Will she be a teacher and impact hundreds of students that could then impact thousands of lives? And while Howard, of course, I couldn't answer any of those questions, what I did know at that moment was the work that I had done leading up to this adoption was just like tossing a pebble into a lake or to a pond, and now ripples were going to come from that. And her life, she's gonna to touch so many people in her life that I will never even know. And the same thing for you, Howard, with your coaching. You know, as you coach and you help 
help people grow their businesses. That means that they're going to be able to afford tutoring for their kids or hire an employee. And we're talking about changing lives beyond just the transactions. And I love the transactions today. I love putting checks in the bank account. It's wonderful. But at the same time, I want my work to matter for something more than just this moment. I want to touch lives that then will touch other lives. And then together we can make this place a better. That is a fantastic way to end this episode, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, we are in unique businesses, and we have the ability to, to make a difference. Um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, Jeff Tippett, speaker, author, entrepreneur. Uh, go out and check uh, on Amazon for his new book, Unleashing Your Superpower, Why Persuasive Communication is the Only Force You Will Ever Need. Uh, visit his website at jefftippett.com. And of course, always remember, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. For my business partner, Randy Ford, this is Howard Fox for the Success Insight Podcast. Take care. Six Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. 